In the future, roving bands of comic book podcasts will savage the wasteland, once known as the internet. One podcast, the Grawlix Podcast, may not be the biggest, may not be the funniest, may not be the most well-spoken. Wait, what was my point again? Oh yes, the Grawlix Podcast. Listen to it at GrawlixPodcast.com. That's G-R-A-W-L-I-X Podcast.com. Hey everybody, this is Jason Marnoka, voice of Megatron. And you are listening to Bullspit with Moose. Hey, Paul, look over there at the size of that moose. Son, that's no moose. That there is a pile of bullspit. back to an all-new episode of Bullspit with Moose. I'm your host, Moose, and with me today is not only a very talented voice artist, but a great smoking buddy, and dare I say, dare, dare, a very good friend of mine. His name rhymes with Mocha. <laughs> so help me welcome my very good friend, Mr. Jason Marnoka. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hey, Jason. How's it going? Doing okay. Uh, all things considered, uh, doing all right. Hunkered down, chilling in my booth, talking to a friend, so... Doing all right. I think I'm losing my sanity. Good. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't much there anyway, but <laughs> what little I did have, I'm losing. I'm glad to hear it. It's like I'm talking to myself a lot. It's just fun times, fun times. Yeah, rolling around in feces, you know, things that people do. I haven't, I haven't quite made it that far yet, but... Oh, well, I, you'll get there. It's fun. They keep us locked down much longer. <laughs> Uh, on that note, what are you doing during lockdown? Oh, what I'm doing during lockdown is, thankfully, I'm... Uh, uh, Still able to work, so I've been uh, uh, able to do some some dubbing and some uh, other voiceover work just from my own home studio. So that's actually been quite a quite a good thing and quite a fun thing. It keeps me occupied. So mostly I'm just uh, doing auditions during the day, or uh, you know, kind of looking into my own things or uh, recording something for a studio. So that's been that's been really really. I'm I'm very grateful for being able to do that. Otherwise, I'm just kind of watching watching movies and watching shows and catching up on things that I convinced myself I didn't have time for before all this started. So and then you realize you have you know, nothing just but chilling. time. Exactly, nothing but time. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I know what dubbing is because I got this image of like a pirate doing dubstep when you said you were dubbing. <laughs> I mean, I will also do that. <laughs> I do throw on pirate gear from time to time, so I'm not above doing that. <laughs> Listeners, if you're already confused at this point, he, he, he is a character. He, uh, If you see him at a convention, he, he will range from looking like a biker to a Dorian Gray pirate. <laughs> so I'll take it. There's a wide you're never sure which Jason you're going to get. No, nope. the personality is always the same, but he has a very eclectic wardrobe. <laughs> he wears weird shit, this guy. <laughs> and he was. Now, I think right. this is the uh, <laughs> third time we've tried this interview. Uh, yes, yeah, the first time uh, we got what happened. Our connection wouldn't, wouldn't say work. The, uh, well, after the internet a, on your end uh, overloaded. Yeah, and it it did itself in. Yeah, yeah, and it sucked because like we had gotten, you know, we we'd started in it proper. Like we'd we'd gotten somewhere. Yeah, we had like we fifteen had minutes left. Yeah, and it was fine. But then the universe said no, 
And, uh, but yeah, it was, um, and then the second time, uh, the power was out. So that was fun to deal with because California and it's rolling blackouts and things and tis the season. But today so. the planets have aligned yeah. and the universe and the cosmos have spoken. And here we are. Indeed. Finally. According to your credits list, and this could be wrong. I, I don't know. Everyone says their credits list is wrong. Your first gig was on BTX as Lemur? No. That was um the tricky thing about um that was that was yeah that was an anime called Beat X um and it we only did this new English dub for it a few years ago a couple years ago but the anime is from like 1997 or whatever so that's where it gets tricky it puts it down there as like 19 yeah exactly so it puts it down there as like 1997 as opposed to like maybe making it as a new file under like the 2017 dub of beat x or whatever but um yeah my first uh very first gosh my very first uh proper thing i think was um a video game called uh apotheon which was um in which i i played one of the bosses it was uh, it's sort of a, a greek hero inspired game it's actually really beautiful the uh game itself is designed all the characters and everything is designed to look like greek pottery so it all kind of has like a really interesting aesthetic to it and i played uh i played poseidon who was one of the last bosses that you had to fight i sort of knock your boat around and yell at you so it was uh, it was it was a trip i wasn't uh, i got to got to record that from home uh, at the time and it was it was pretty fun. I ultimately really enjoyed it. I have yet to really try the game, only because I'm not much of a gamer at all. So I don't really play my own games that I know. You know, you're, you're the second uh, person the last, like, five days I've interviewed that said that. Oh, yeah, really? Uh, I interviewed Gary Schwartz, who's the voice of the heavy on uh, Team Fortress 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, I couldn't play that game to save my life. Because, <laughs> but apparently it's really popular. <laughs> Yeah, I that's that's the same thing with me. I have not played any of the games that I've been in just because I'm just not a skilled gamer. Like I'm I'm still I mean, I'll throw on like, you know, I, I was raised on like classic NES, uh Super Nintendo as well, things like that, just because my, my grandmother had them. All those and, nice uh, classic so that's what I'm used two to. button, 2D exactly. Mario falls exactly. down. Exactly. I don't need fifty buttons. Yeah, I don't need 50 buttons and four joysticks and like all this. I don't understand it anymore. So I feel I feel super out of touch <laughs> because I just can't play like a, a Wii or an Xbox thing or a whatever. I think the last system I actually updated with that I have is like a PS2, which is about that. Then I just sort of gave up. I was like, well, that's that's all I need. Thank you. I'll stay here with my. My Star Wars Battlefront and my my Star Wars Bounty Hunter and various games like that, and I'll just I'll just stay with so those. I like things. breaking out the uh, old NES every so often. Oh, of course! I actually just not too long ago did buy that uh, the uh, uh, Super Nintendo the Mini thing that has like all the games pre-programmed nice. on it, and it's great. It's awesome. Like I'm sitting here and I'm just I'm playing Super Mario World and shit like that, and it's it's fun. I'm I'm having a blast, and the the system's actually really great. But I do miss on the. Uh, uh, old uh, SNES. I do miss the uh, that one cartridge you could get where you could put Game yeah. Boy games in it and throw that on your screen. I kind of miss that, so I'm tempted to do that and like, I don't know, do a replay of the uh, blue version of Pokemon or something. You know, just something, something to bring me back to the See, old when days. I was at, uh, 
Something to give me life again. <laughs> when I went to Supercon this uh, last fall, they had uh, one of the vendors had not the preloaded Nintendos, but the ones that would accept the cartridges. Uh, for oh, like yeah, 30, yeah, yeah. You know, 30 bucks. Just, you know, it wasn't Nintendo, but it was, you know, it oh. read Nintendo cartridges, all that stuff. Uh-huh. I bought one for my kids. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, good. And Excellent. Because I was saying, I'm willing to bet that the cartridges of, uh, are easier oh, yeah, to come by. Buy cartridges all day long. They play the crap out of Rampage. Yeah. <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. Yeah, also. Oh, absolutely. That was a, so you also, in, in about the same vein of that game, you played, you were in Smite. Smite, yes. I've I've voiced a few characters see, in Smite. Uh, I was Full Metal uh, Vulcan, uh, Headless Norseman Loki. Yep, the Full Metal Vulcan. Riptide mm-hmm. Poseidon. Riptide Poseidon and um the uh I guess they haven't added it. Um the uh oh how does I think it's the it's the stitched horror Jean Cui character. He looks like you know, Boogie Riptide Boogie. Poseidon He's sounds another, like it should be, uh like a jet ski transformer. <laughs> it does though. Honestly, that was uh uh he's probably the most normal voice out of all of those because he's just sort of sounds like me. Um and then the rest of them are like uh, like the the headless Norseman Loki is like this ah! like creepy, scary, freaky character, and then uh, uh, the Full Metal Vulcan is just uh, sort of a typical, you know, like all right, recruits, get your shit together and get it, you know, like this really intense sort of drill sergeant character who wheels in on his big hammer that has treads on it, shit <laughs> like awesome. that. But uh, oh yeah, so but it's it's weird when I I don't usually go in for characters that sound like me. Usually I don't get cast for those. So um, usually I'm doing something <laughs> something that doesn't sound very much like me. So uh, doing Riptide Poseidon was was an interesting interesting bit. And that's another game I've never played though. I've never played Smite because that looks like um, I, any of those games where it's like multiplayer on the internet. I just can't imagine having the attention span for it. Like, you know, there's just so much going on and so many players and so much happening. I'm just like, I don't know if I could pay attention to that. Give me a nice side-scrolling platformer and I'm happy. You give me Tetris, I am good all day long. Exactly. I will get those blocks in place and it will look nice. I will stack them, I will organize them, and you won't know what hits you. No, you will not. And I will jam to that music all day. I've had dreams set to the Tetris do 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 and f- uh, Botobai Gigante. Oh, I'm glad yeah, you pronounced two, that one. Two I characters. I like, nope. Yeah, I got it. Yep. I oh, believe me, I I have a devil of a time uh, uh, pronouncing uh, characters' names just from anything. So, uh, but yeah, I I got to step in to do some of that for a little bit. Um, I think uh, Bushidora eats it, so he's he's gone. I believe. Spoilers. Um, but uh, he only shows up very minimally. So, and then, then the other dude is a rather large gentleman with a rather intensely painted face, and he's uh, he's a lot. So he, yeah. But that was uh, that was a fun show. Um, I again, I I never really. I'm not much of an anime watcher. So kind of like video games, I don't usually watch the thing that I'm. If I if I like step in in season three or something, I don't usually watch. 
just because it's like a whole lot to process and I'm just not great at that. But um, yeah, so I, I don't think I've watched all of Hunter Hunter. I think I started it, but I don't know. I, uh, I <laughs> It's not usually my medium, so I'll, I'll usually just sort of, you know, cheer on everyone involved, but then not necessarily actually sit down and watch it just because I'm, I don't like necessarily watching me perform. But if it starts off like, you know, if I'm in it from the beginning or something like Megalobox, like then I know, okay, I can start at the beginning and watch it all the way through and that'll be fine. So that I've watched, I've watched Megalobox. That was a good show. That I've watched. we'll dig deeper into that here very shortly. That was a, nah. Because yeah, I, I, I remember when you first posted that you were going to be on that. I was like, oh, goody. Because <laughs> um, right now I'm dancing around your uh, credits list because there's one voice I'm trying to avoid until uh, later. Um, oh, mysterious. In the video game Alice VR, you were Maximilian ah, yes. Hatter. Is that the Matt Hatter? Yes. Essentially, the uh, uh, Alice VR was... Um, it's a virtual reality game thing, and it's sort of a sci-fi version of Alice in Wonderland, um, where, like, um, yeah, I, I play essentially the placeholder character for the Mad Hatter, who, like, sort of maintains this world, because uh, he was, like, one of the people who created this this sci-fi crazy world. And so he's sort of left behind as an artificial intelligence programmed into the city. And he's, uh, you occasionally see like there's, he has a tea shop and things like that. And he shows up on occasion through like hologram. But uh, you don't actually come into contact with him physically because I think he's dead. I'm not sure. I think, but I know his consciousness is programmed into the city. So it was like, and that was trippy. That I, I, I didn't play that one, but I watched playthroughs of it. And, I've never done, uh, actually worn any, like, VR head equipment because I just feel like it would just make me super nauseous. You know, like, I can't, especially this game, because this game has some, like, you, you're walking on a platform and the platform starts to go up the wall and upside down and stuff and you're just walking along it. And I'm like, okay, this is really gorgeous, but I do not think my brain would handle it very well. Well, that's why they discontinued. So I have uh, not played that. Back in the day, there was that one platform, I think it was by Nintendo. Yeah, it had to be Nintendo because uh, one of the games for it was uh, Wario uh, and it mounted it up to your face and you just played. They discontinued it because parents were afraid it would do irreparable damage to eyes and brains. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. today, that's where we're at again, just with better graphics. Yep, and that's what everyone's paying yeah, top dollar for. and all this. <laughs> Nintendo's got to be pissed. <laughs> oh, undoubtedly. Yep, that they had to hop off the hop off the boat too quick. Because, yeah, the VR games that come out now are just crazy. I would really like to try one sometime, but I've not, I, I don't have the system for it, certainly. But uh, I've, I've been watching playthroughs of it that other people have done, uh, some of the VR games I'm in, and they are just gorgeous games. Like, they, they're just crazy to look at. You're Emmerich in the game Wargroove. Yes, Emmerich. He is a sorcerer character who has uh, these, like, red jewels that he uses to, like, channel his magic. I currently have um, blue jewels. That game, I have a... Well, you know, good. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, kids are... Well played. Kids are always um, home. <laughs> but that game is another one that I, I I actually was gifted a copy of that one from the developers, but I've not played it because I don't have a system for it. But um, that one I'm curious about, though, because one of my favorite things about that game is one of the characters that you can use to, like, command your army across the map or whatever is not only my character, but also a dog named Caesar, who's like this 
golden retriever who has like Roman armor on and he is the goodest boy and I love him very much. Like I think that's awesome. That's just top notch designing. It's like just make it a dog. Perfect. Make it a dog and they will play. Like, it's not even an anthropomorphic dog. It's just a dog, you know? <laughs> so the benefit of us getting rescheduled a few times was I had a chance to come up with a, I had questions come to me that I didn't think of the first time. Oh. After talking with Gary, how do you record your video game uh, voices? Like, do you do all the dialogue first and then go in and do the and the yellings? Or do you just do it all as one, like, streaming, like you're reading? Well, that depends. Uh, usually the um, uh, folks uh, who are directing me will have me do the dialogue first, just like that, and then do the effort sounds later. Um, because just to preserve the voice, because otherwise, you know, you risk blowing it out and you, then you don't get to record the rest yeah. of the dialogue. So, uh, thankfully everyone usually moves that to the, to the end. Um, cause like we did that with, um, I'm going to plug another game that just dropped recently, uh, Valorant in which I play Omen. Um, and that definitely, we waited till the end to do some, some of those, uh, that was actually just before uh, this whole lockdown thing happened. I finished recording that pretty much. Um, and, uh, yeah, we usually will go through all of the individual dialogue pieces, and then from there we'll we'll do all the efforts, which usually consist of, like, okay, pick up a small object. Okay, pick up a medium object. Pick up a heavy, a super heavy object. You know, and things like that. So it's like different levels. Now pick up a yeah. large object. So it's it's and it's get always a fun time. Exactly. Yeah. Now now fall over and whine about it. Yeah. Exactly. So or you know like you're swinging a small weapon, you're swinging a medium weapon, you're swinging a huge weapon. You know things like that. So I'm I'm always glad that they save those for the end, especially because a lot of my characters are like really you know well, you have like really intense growly whatever naturally so yes the the growls and the grunts and let's call it ambient noise that goes with all the characters are <laughs> go, are going to be in that low range so mm -hmm. you can't have this you know deep bass guy screaming ah! you know just it, it wouldn't work ah! no, It'd be funny no, no, as no. Hell. but <laughs> oh yes that yeah I actually really enjoy when I get to do, like, higher-voiced characters because I don't usually get cast for that. Usually I get cast for big, scary villains or, um, like, mentor characters older, much older than myself, um, which I have no issue with at all. But it's just uh, it's extra fun to me when I get to do, like, higher-voiced characters and things like that because it's so rare. Yeah, I was telling you about our... 24-hour extravaganza over the weekend. My friend mm. Eddie, who was putting together, uh, who helped, you know, put it together. You know, there's my friend Billy, who pretty much ran the whole thing. You know, he he manned that computer for 24 hours straight, man. <sighs> Salute Eddie, him. He would get, uh, every so often, they'd throw up this picture of Angela from Who's the Boss, and she's like, she, she's in a pink blouse, and she she's eating something. And it looks like she's about to spit it out. And it, it, it's he would go into this, you know, Eddie's voice is a little higher than mine, but he'd go into a, hey, Angela, mm -hmm. you know, it's me. It's me, Tony. You know, hey, <laughs> where's Mona? You know, I just, I've never laughed so much in my life. <laughs> yeah, I always <laughs> love that kind of that kind of shit. Like, you, I'll, I'll do that sort of thing when we're like, if we're watching movies or something, like I can't help but like riff on something usually. So I'll uh, I'll I'll usually do something kind of like that, which is fun. Yeah, and just um, 
So bless, so bless Eddie for doing that. That's yeah, fantastic. Eddie, yeah. I mean, the man has a heart of gold and just, he knows when to throw stuff like that in. He has a mm-hmm. really cool, he, he does a really good Willem Dafoe too. And I say cool. Oh, that's awesome. That's rare. scary as hell. Because he, he gets the <laughs> eye twitch too. Oh my yeah, gosh, that's it's amazing. Like, it's not just voice, it's physical, it's everything. Ugh. But by the end of the... Well, I like Eddie. But he by sounds the end awesome. Of the Twenty-four hours. <laughs> he, uh, even that was growing on me because, like, when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, nightmare fuel." It's like I ain't going to bed now. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. Suddenly, it's like the lighthouse. See, that was the reference he was using. Yeah, there you go. That'll do it. So back to <laughs> yeah, where were we? Driving the train back. <laughs> This is why I like interviewing friends. Yeah, because whatever, I'm happy to go on tangents. Um, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> your first, because I remember you said it was the first show you could uh, let your parents watch. It was uh, Megalobox. Megalobox, yes. Yeah, which mainly uh, I, I wanted to let my parents watch because I'm like, okay, here, this one isn't like super anime weird. Like, you, you won't find any of this super strange it's all pretty straightforward it just happens to be like a in the format of a no, cartoon so here you go enjoy enjoy megalobox cuz it's essentially just pseudo future and uh you know there's a freaking people box with huge robot arm attachments and I that's say, about it, it. Was basically so, rocky meets yeah, uh, I, real uh, steel exactly yeah if you know yeah but uh and I I voiced Coach Nanbu in that, and he is a character that I again I I tend to be the big bad guy or the mentor character, and to me Nanbu is like the ultimate mentor character because he's also kind of seedy and kind of you know underhanded, and I really really liked that about him. And he has a given arc throughout the show. So if you haven't watched Megalobox, ladies and gentlemen, please do because it's. Uh, it's a hell of a time. You got to play like the underhanded version of uh, Mickey. You know, it's like, you yeah, got pretty no much. heart, Rocky. <laughs> you got no heart. Yep, exactly right. And that's, uh, it's funny when I first auditioned Rocky. for, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I first auditioned for Nanbu, I, uh, I made it a little too kind of like New York, like a little too on the nose. Like it was a little, a little much. For, and probably wasn't super great, but uh, so that's probably another problem. But <clears throat> when I got the callback for it, they actually asked me, like, hey, can you, like, tone that down or get rid of it completely? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll do anything you want. But that's one of my favorite parts of voiceover is the fact that, like, you have to kind of be able to – it's kind of the challenge of, like, okay, you did the thing. Can you do this now and completely change it or change it around about halfway? And it's like, yep, sure, okay. And then you have to just go in and do it sometimes on the day when you're recording. And I just think that's really fun. That's one of my favorite parts about it. I voice cast a read. Oh, me and some of my friends that did the 24-hour thing did a mm. read-through of one of the old Flash Gordon radio dramas. Oh, so, hell yeah. Excellent. Uh, as director, it's like, okay, how do I want these voices to sound? So I had to go through and figure out, okay, you know, like Dr. Zarkov. How do I picture Zarkov to sound? I pictured him as Krieger mm. and uh, Sergeant Schultz from... Uh, Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> you know, of course. Got to go the Schultz route. Yeah, you because know, he, he was always that, like, bumbling scientist. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, yeah. And then when we got to Ming, I didn't want, because obviously there's that big change from when that came out in the 30s to today. So you uh, can't have oh, yeah. the over-the-top Asian Ming that they had in the 30s. So mm-hmm. no. the way I pictured it was more of a, like, Dr. Claw from uh, Inspector Gadget. Like, Ooh, I'll get you next time. Sort of the, I'll get you, Gadget. Gadget. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, honestly. Right like, 
yeah, that sounds like a Ming, you know, and working with the guy that played Ming, I was like, okay, he's like, I'm, I think that'll tear up my voice. He's like, okay, well, let's add a little bit of gravel, take some of this out, you know, let's find, let, let's find a happy meat. I was like, I don't want him to sound human. Mm. That that's the right. Let's take the humanity out of him, and we are good. And we ended up getting you know something mm-hmm. close to the original vision, and you know where he was comfortable with. Because it's like end of the day, yes, I know what I want, but I also don't want you to rip your throat up. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that's actually a really important like director's thing to do because usually if I'm doing like a super gravelly voice, the first thing the director will say is like, "How long can you maintain that?" And is it like are you going to hurt yourself if I have you do this too much or whatever? And thankfully, uh, you know, being able to check on that, I'm usually like, no, I can, I can maintain that for the time that we have or whatever. So I think it's really awesome that you took that into consideration because I mean, I've worked with some people who are just like, all right, we're just going to do this regardless. Come on. I mean, yeah, I, I can you know? <laughs> do the Dr. Claw almost all day long, but I've been doing that since I was, Oh, seven years old. So I've had, I have years to mm-hmm, practice sure. that one. I mean, that, that was my favorite part of the Inspector Gadget cartoon. <laughs> you get to the end, and it was, you know, I'll get you next time, oh, yeah. Gadget. You just waited oh, yeah. for that. 100%. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, the bad guys are always the meat and potatoes of any anything, Well, especially really. when you're trying That's to you know, imitate part. voices. It's, mm-hmm. th- they get the cool lines. You know, the good guy gets the girl, but the bad guy gets the lines. So it's kind of a, mm-hmm. You know, it's a trade-off. It's like, well, it's a cartoon. I'm not getting the girl. I can't go to school tomorrow and mimic a cartoon girl on my arm. So Mm. I'm going to copy the lines. (laughs) Yep, the bad guys get the lines, and they get the cool outfits. Their costumes are always cooler. I think that's just fact. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's the trade-off to getting foiled all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the (laughs) trade-off. Which, were you one of the kids who uh, just mimicked everything you could? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. I did everything. I mimicked every single thing that I could. I um, I went around. I had a mini cassette recorder that I usually liked to. Oh, gosh, I would put up to the speaker on the old two TVs and just let that sit there. I would hold it myself and record a show that I really liked so I could just listen back to it later and maybe look at a voice that was in it or something like that. I would record myself adjusting my voice. I would, you know, do things, things like that. But then, uh, in fact, I've probably still got a quite a stack of those little mini cassette tapes somewhere, and I should probably throw those in a little recorder and see <laughs> what nonsense might be on them, you know? And what was I Tempting. interested in as a kid? Yeah. What was I when I was a child? I don't remember well, those lately days. lately I've been uh, brushing up uh, Kermit, which is really difficult because there's been oh, three course. voices of Kermit. Mm-hmm. So that is true. So you can't just say, this is the voice of Kermit the Frog. You're just like, nope. well crap you know so it's all in yeah. how you deliver it and you, you gotta try to get it close it's like i'm getting there but it's like hi ho kermit the frog you know it's mm. like i still have work to do but i i have the i i have the road ready you know mm-hmm. and when my voice was higher it was a lot easier you know right. and i just i want that one back because kids love it mm. and I, oh yeah yeah kids i mean kermit the frog is i mean he's He's Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Like, how can you... <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I was in high school, he was my uh, answering machine. Yeah. Really? All me. Huh. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love that. You know, people were like, how'd you get Kermit? To... <laughs> that was me. You know, just then the, yeah, the, the voice how. changed, and then I was like, ah, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll get back there. 
No more Kermit for you. Now, now I'm Kramit yeah. the Frog. Kramit. <laughs> what was Osmosis like? Osmosis. Um, Osmosis was interesting because that was, um, gosh, I don't think I actually ended up watching Osmosis either. But that was a, um, a dub of, I believe, a French show um, where, uh, uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember. I know that. I know that when I initially went in, they had me cast as a uh, uh, character that had a very different voice from my own. And so sort of wanting me to get there was a, an interesting feat. But um, I, I remember going in and recording for a few incidental characters uh, who happened to show up and have, have some significant uh, screen time for a, a little bit. And then they, they you know, sort of like characters in a boardroom. And then you don't see them again. Yeah, I'm not sure how interesting that is. That's probably my oh, no, fault. I'm sorry. I don't really remember very much about Osmosis. I just sort of popped in as like incidental characters uh, for I just a second. Like throwing it in because then fans are like, "Oh, he was in that." Okay, well, cool. I'll check it out. Yeah, it threw threw me for a loop. Yeah, I was like, "Oh gosh, Osmosis." Oh yeah, I remember Osmosis. <laughs> Dragon Quest, your story, your logic. Ah, yes, I am. Yeah, Dragon Quest, your story was uh, uh, super fun for me because that was one of those roles where I get to. Uh, be, um, you know, do a higher pitched sort of voice. I was, uh, they had me do, um, what they, what they, I seem to remember it being in the sides when they sent them over for auditions. They were like almost Mark Hamill Joker is what they wanted. And I was like, oh, I can do something like that. Like, sure. That sounds awesome. Like I can, I can cackle all the live long day. I love how so that's a description. <laughs> that was not just a cackle. Yeah. It's well, there's, Mark yeah, there's Hamill always Joker and everyone knows exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Oh Yeah. Do it like that. And thankfully, uh, they liked me enough to bring me on. And uh, it's interesting because Dragon Quest, I don't have a whole bunch of connection to. Like, I never really played any of those games. So I didn't I didn't really know very much going in until I started looking up, you know, Bishop Lodja and things like that. And I'm like, oh, gosh, they did like this. Sh- this movie does like a really creepy version of him. Like, he's really sinister and really ugly and really scary. And so he was he was a lot of fun to play. And I got to bounce off of uh, Yuri Lowenthal, who plays um, uh, the hero. And um, that was fantastic. So I had I ended up having a whole lot of fun with that. Whoa. It's on Netflix, people, if yeah. you want to go look at it. <laughs> well, and then another one that's uh, Netflix is Carol and Tuesday. And ah, I didn't yes, realize Carol it took Tuesday. place that's... in the same universe as Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, it does. Isn't that canon? I thought I'd read yeah, somewhere takes, that that was, uh, that was like canonical. As well as it's the same city. A year after the events of Cowboy Bebop knocking on Heaven's Door. So the movie takes oh place a year gosh. after the movie. That's awesome. Wow. That's fantastic to consider. Yeah, the Carolyn Tuesday, I play uh, Gus Goldman, who is the would-be manager of Carolyn Tuesday when they try to... Basically, the premise is um, all music on this colonized version of Mars is done by artificial intelligence and carol and tuesday are two young ladies who are like well we want to do music like with physical instruments and sing it live and stuff and so that's weird and so that's like seen as a gimmick and everything and no one really quite gets it because it's not just done by computers so um my guy gus goldman sort of comes up and is like hey i used to rep people back in the day i'll be your manager and stuff and everybody's like you know i don't know you're kind of a washed up 80s character i don't know what you are so he was a lot of fun, too. He was kind of in the same vein as, like, Nanbu, um, except uh, it's funny. When I first 
went in, I assumed that he would actually end up being a bad guy of some kind or like turning on everybody, you know? Like, I, I assumed that I had been hired because this guy isn't, like, 100% good. But, no, he is 100% good, and he is a super sweet guy. And I love that man. Another one you have is the Superpower Beatdown, where ah, your uh, beat list down. of characters yeah, yeah. are that... very interesting. You have Jarvis, <laughs> the uh, yep. AI for Tony Stark, Optimus Prime, mm-hmm. Iron Man, and yep. Darth Sidious, mm-hmm. and the Joker. Yep. Um, Superpower Beatdown is a, uh, it's a show on, uh, it's done by Bat in the Sun and they, um, are on the YouTubes and basically it's really gorgeous cinematic, uh, live action slash CGI, um, fights pitting two characters against each other. So like the Joker was the Joker versus Deadpool, um, and, uh, Optimus Prime versus Iron Man and, uh, I think it was Spider-Man versus Darth Maul, I think, is the one I voiced Sidious in, I'm pretty sure. But, uh, yeah, I got to voice uh, Tony Stark, Optimus Prime, and uh, Jarvis in this one animated episode that uh, had them fighting each other, which was interesting. So, uh, yeah, it was. it's it's a really fun show, and it's done by... Uh, uh, like I said, Bat in the Sun and Aaron Shonka is the uh, the director and he he plays the physical body of the Joker. But then I, I dubbed in the voice uh, in that episode. So I just had to dub over his nice. lines. So I think I've seen a few of those. actually. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> now that I think about it. Oh, they're pretty delightful. They're actually really fun and uh, and really well shot. Some of the gorgeous Sun, uh, productions. Oh, yeah, yeah. They do good work. Before we dig into your meat and potatoes, I just realized there's something I told you I'd get to later and I spaced it. No, was that before we started recording? You heard me uh, repeating the name of the uh, the podcast over and over again. And yes, the reason that happened was as as you and listeners, I'm sure you can tell, this is far from scripted. This is about as loose as you can get. <laughs> oh yeah, that's why I keep talking about nothing. The, uh, the, the only part <laughs> that's why that I can't I be shut up <laughs> is the opening. You know, so I remember who I'm talking to, and you know, occasionally I'll throw in a quick little quip about. You know, what they're doing, stuff like that. For my other show, uh, Moose's Monster Mash, my horror podcast, the other day mm-hmm. I was interviewing uh, John Duggan from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at his script in my hand. I'm looking at it, looking at it, and I get ready to start the recording. And I was like, welcome, Moose Pack, to an all-new episode of Bullspit with Moose. I have a... T- and I start reading your intro on his show. <laughs> I'm like... That's not what those words are. <laughs> I was like, "Crap, okay, take two, hold on." It's like, "Cause yeah, I'm looking right at, uh, I'm looking right at the words." And he goes, "You okay?" I was mm. like, "Yeah, no, I'm fine. I don't know what's going on." It's like apparently my mouth is making up words, so that's, that's why I was reminding myself, it's "Like this is bullspit. This is bullspit. This isn't monster mash." <laughs> oh, this is bullspit. It is bullspit. This is bullspit. I know what show I'm on. <laughs> but. Yeah, you're meat and potatoes. You are Megatron. Yes, yes, I am. I am. I am one of the yes, many illustrious say, you people are... getting uh, having the wonder the wonderful opportunity to to voice so you Megatron. Are a long line and of I am, Megatrons. I am delighted that I get to do that. Yes, and I am. I am super happy that I am. I am able to do that and include myself on such a list because. Uh, like, gosh, they have, you know, it's been Frank Welker, obviously, and then David Kay and Fred Tatashore and Corey Burton and everybody. There's There's been so many actors who've played Megatron that it's just, you know, it's an honor to be involved among them. But I am, 
I am Megatron in the Prime Wars trilogy, which is the uh, uh, Combiner Wars, Titans Return, and then Power of the Primes. And also now I am Megatron again in uh, the uh, War for Cybertron Netflix series. I was so, so happy for you when you announced that. That's a lot that. of fun. Oh my gosh, I'd been sitting on it for so long and only just had gotten to go ahead when the when the trailer dropped and everything. And oh, it looks it so I mean, beautiful. I'm gorgeous. delighted at how cool that drawn. show looks. It's, I, I will include a, a link to the uh, trailer <laughs> in the episode description mm-hmm. because that is a, it looks absolutely gorgeous. It does. I am so pleased to see the work that they get because it's done by uh, uh, the animations done by, oh, I think they're called Polygon Studios. They're the ones who also did uh, Transformers Prime, I believe. Um, they also animated that one. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure don't I'm, I'm not the most learned Transformers man in the world, but I'm pretty sure that's correct. But um, yeah, the uh, the show is. Uh, went in to record for that, and I was so happy to be able to get the the call from uh, F.J. DeSanto, who's the uh, showrunner, and um, get to get to see everybody again and work with some folks like uh, Frank Todaro is back voicing Starscream in the show. He voiced it for us in uh, uh, the Prime Wars trilogy as well, so he and I are really close um, in much the same way that Starscream and Megatron are not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we, we give each other crap all the time. Like, we'll just record little videos and just make fun of, you know, Megatron and Starscream and stuff together, like, at each other. Like, we're bickering like an old married couple, so nice. it's fun. I always wanted to see a uh, short film of Megatron and Scars- Starscream playing, like, the odd couple. Oh, yeah. We've actually considered, like, doing something like that just for audio purposes. We've been debating just, especially now that we're all at home and we have nothing else to do, may as well. Well, I mean, at this point, so, just... Yeah, we'd, we'd consider doing that. Overdub a couple episodes of the odd couple. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, honestly. In fact, it might be funnier that way. <laughs> you know, and just see where it goes. Because, yeah, yeah, the chemistry between Starscream and Megatron. Well, yeah, it's Starscream is, you know, the backstabbing weasel. He's still the toadstool mm-hmm. footman. Oh, yes, you know, absolutely. He doesn't know where yeah, his Starscream role is. is. Mm. You know, it's funny. When, uh, this, when the Prime Wars trilogy was first casting and I was auditioning, I auditioned for, like, Optimus, Megatron, Starscream, I think maybe Hot Rod, I can't remember. I think I auditioned for a good chunk of characters and uh, before they gave me Megatron. But I actually really wanted Starscream just because that voice was, again, a higher-pitched voice I don't usually get brought in for. And I was just I was just super curious, like, what kind of Starscream they were going with, if they were going super classic or what they were doing. But they chose well with Frank because Frank is just brilliant at it, and he's he's so fucking funny. So he he does an excellent job doing that that creepy star scream thing that he does. So how did you uh, prep for uh, Megatron? Um, well, it was interesting because I actually didn't grow up watching Transformers, so I I didn't really have a whole lot of interest in it. Um, I didn't uh, uh, watch honestly kind of anything that like anybody was that has super fond memories of. So I feel like I missed out on something. Um, I, cause like, I didn't really watch Power Rangers either. So, you know, I didn't, I missed out on those two boats, well, but, um, catch up. uh, it did want, did, yeah, exactly. Now that I've got time here. Um, but I basically, I think I, I approached it like, since I didn't have a voice in mind in the back of my head about what Megatron sounded like, I just sort of assumed with this voice, you know, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't think Frank Welker or anything like that because I didn't really have any preconceived notions. So mostly I just did the really low 
growly thing and then went from there. And then as we were working on the show, we thought, like, to give him, like, this smoothness here and then it can shift down into the dark, growly area and then come back out again just as a sort of way to emphasize things. So we kind of ended up going that route, and thankfully my throat can withstand that. Otherwise, I probably would have blown a hole in it years ago. Um, but yeah, so we just sort of went with that as Megatron, and I guess that was my my main prep was like, where does the voice sit, you know? And then as I learned more about Megatron, I learned more about like you know his his past and what we were doing with it, and um, that kind of helped me get more into his. His circuits, as it were. <laughs> I almost said headspace, and I'm like, no, wait. There's a pun uh, here. Do you run a filter on that at all, or is that all just voice? Oh, that was just me doing it just normally. Um, but, uh, I mean, they they might throw a filter on it. They might throw, like, a metallic-sounding thing, but that was just me doing it out of my throat. I, no. <laughs> I wouldn't. That sounded amazing. <sighs> Thank you, human. <laughs> it has that robotic evil mob boss quality yeah as i i like to think so <laughs> saying in the process you've become quite the uh megatron collector yes i have i've um it's funny it all started mostly with gifts from frank um because he would just sort of you know like give me uh the you know various uh like the combiner wars megatron i think i bought that at target but he he's gifted me several different megatron things over time that i you know because he's much more of a collector than i am so he knows more about what is you know what's the piece to have and what's the you know what what's good what's not what's you know best how the things move and whatnot and what transforms best and things like that so he'll just like give me megatrons but probably my favorite piece that i've ever bought is the uh it's like the 18 inch tall megatron two foot one you shared on the Yes, yes, and it's incredible. It's so detailed. Everything's like, you know, it, it doesn't just have stickers on it or anything. Like, the Decepticon symbol on the chest is, like, raised up. Like, it's it's all just, it's really gorgeous. I just need to get some batteries that I can put into it because it lights up, too, and I keep forgetting to do that. I came home with so that. I just need to get some batteries. And... For a couple days. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> I mean, my thing was, I told the fiancé, I was like, I'm only going to buy one Megatron thing when I went to TFCon that one year. And sure enough, I did. I walked out with that. <laughs> I'm like, hey, it's only I'm gonna one. I'm going to buy one. I'm <laughs> By the biggest one I can find. Exactly. The biggest Megatron you could possibly want. And I did. Yeah. <laughs> so when you do conventions and stuff, how often do you get uh, like Megatron fan art and things? Or are you still working into the uh, groove of being known as Megatron? Uh, I'd say I'm still working into the groove of it. Um, I think the Netflix series is... Uh, uh, a bigger step forward for for that, I suppose. But um, I, I'd say that I'm still working in the groove of getting to be recognized as Megatron. I don't usually get that that often. Although at uh, D23, the Disney convention this year, uh, I I was walking around just wearing like you know a Hawaiian shirt and slacks and my sandals and sunglasses and whatever, just sort of looking like a California person. Um, and uh, someone came up to me and said, uh, this young lady came up to me and said, excuse me, are you the voice of Megatron? And I'm like, yes, yes, I am, as a matter of fact. Yes. Hi. 
And she was just like, oh, my gosh, can I get a picture? I'm like, yeah, come on in. Like, sure. Like, and so, you know, I just I was so caught off guard because I was like, this doesn't happen. That's really fun. Okay, So, you know, I don't usually get like fan art or anything uh, at at conventions and such. But uh, um, honestly, people recognize me most for my anime work, I think, at the moment. But uh, I mean, I did get a super cool piece of fan art that was a wood cutting by someone. I wonder who that could be. You. Yeah, I wonder. It's hanging up here. So. I, I love it, so it is one of my <laughs> dearest Megatron pieces. You're a craftsman, sir. An artist. Yes, for those of you who are confused, it was me. I gave him a wood burning of Megatron when we first met. <laughs> yeah, and it's awesome. It's legit. Why, thank you. I don't have much with, I don't oh, have hell much yeah. with my voice, but I can do things with my hands. For a little well, bit. there you go. I can't do <laughs> shit with my hands, so. <laughs> I, am not, I am not a crafty person at all, so you, have, you, got, you got that, and I, I'll have to stick to the voice thing because i am not a crafty person at all well i think this has been fun yeah absolutely other than the so other than the upcoming netflix series uh, do you have any other projects coming out yes but i can't talk about them annoyingly i've signed signed my soul away with ndas but uh again the uh one of the yeah, pretty much. But uh, <laughs> although, uh, again, I will say that uh, that Valorant video game is out by Riot Games. Uh, definitely check that out. I believe it's in beta right now. So uh, check that out. If you haven't, if you like shooter games, because it definitely is that. And my character is super spooky. So check that out. <laughs> before we uh, tell people where to find you, one roll. Uh, if you could have one roll before you shuffle off this mortal coil, what would it be? That's tricky. Um, My initial instinct would be, yeah, no, no, no. Um, My, oh man, I, I would want to say like Dr. Doom. I would love to do Dr. Doom. He's my favorite, favorite Marvel villain or like the Green Goblin. Maybe I I love those two very much. Um, But honestly, I think ultimately it's not anyone specific. It's just a new character that no one has given a voice to yet that can just, you know, I, I don't have any preconceived notions about it all. Like some original character that just, I can, I can just sink my teeth in all the way. Ideally a villain, because those are most fun to play as we've established. So I'd say that's my answer. Uh, so with that, uh, where can fans find you and look you up after Netflix blows you up? (laughs) Well, you can find me on the Twitter, um, and Instagram as well. You can find me, uh, at J Marnoka. That's at J M A R N O C H A. You can find me there. Um, I just figured I'd keep my handle consistent throughout. And then, uh, I also have a Facebook page, which is just Jason Marnoka voiceover. So you can check me out there if you like. And, uh, yeah, I'd say that those are, those are the main places to hit me up. Well, you know where to find him. You can find me on the Twitter over at the handle Moose Media Inc. That's your home for all of your Moose Media needs, such as podcasts, videos, or audio recordings. Jason, I want to thank you for coming on and bullspitting with me uh, today. It's been fun catching up. I'm happy to bullspit with you anytime. Always a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, it was fun catching up. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Listeners, there's a lot of podcasts out there. I just got to tell you, if you didn't hear it here, it's probably just a load of bull spit. So until next time, see ya. Ooh, that sure was some bull spit, but I sure had fun. Junior, you need some help. Be sure to tune in next time. 